Welcome to Real Pod Wednesdays. Dan Hope joined by Griffin Strom. The band is back together. A uh, couple weeks of vacations. Garrick did a great job filling in, but uh, vacation season is over as we are getting closer to the start of the Ohio State football season. It's coming up. We're less less than two months away. I mean, it, it. I don't think it really hit me until I got back from vacation that we're only two weeks away from Big Ten Media Day. So you can smell it. It's coming. Yeah, it's, it's it's really creeping up on us, Dan, and uh, it has been a while since the two of us did a podcast here. Obviously, Garrick filling in as the special guest host did a great job, but uh, back to regularly scheduled uh, potting here, Dan, for me and you. Yeah, and lots of recruiting talk the last few weeks, but we're going to shift back to the current team this week, and we're going to uh, run back an exercise that uh, Griffin and I did last year. I had also done the past few years of calling. You may remember it if you're a longtime listener of a show. We are going to do our team draft where Griffin and I are going to go head to head to assemble uh, 22 man lineups on offense and defense for a hypothetical game of Buckeyes versus Buckeyes. It's always a fun exercise. Uh, we had a close vote last year. I, I just edged out Griffin in the voting last year. So I know Griffin has his eyes on a revenge tour this year. <laughs> yeah. Dan's been getting me uh, in just about all of these that we've done so far. So uh, I, I definitely need a win here. Uh, we'll see if my my draft board and, and uh, strategy and everything like that is up to par, though. And I'm very interested to see how this one plays out, because I think, you know, I think this exercise is always more interesting when there's not an established star quarterback, because like when there's an established star quarterback, like, you know, like that guy's going number one. I think this year when I was making my board, there's a lot of guys that it's like, hmm, do I put this guy here? Do I put him here? And I don't know exactly what Griffin's going to do. And so I I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. How do I need to shift on the fly? Uh, as things go, does does Griffin throw a curveball and draft Toby Wilson again? You know, it, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I'll never live that one down. We we know we know there's going to be some curveballs, so uh, that's always what makes it fun. But to refresh y'all on the rules, so we're each going to draft eleven man lineups, and and these are going to be the ground rules. On offense, you draft a quarterback, five offensive linemen, and then five skill position players. So if you want to run a two running back offense, you can. If you want to run a two tight end lineup. You can, but you have to draft five players between running back, receiver, tight end. No restrictions on how you use those five. Defense, it's going to be you have to draft at least three defensive linemen, two linebackers, four DBs, and then your other two spots are open. So if you want to run a traditional four free, you can do that. If you want to have a jack out there in your starting lineup, you can do that. If you want to run a dime, you can do that. Uh, but you have to have at least those three two, four, and then the other two are flexible. So I know last year when we did this, I think we ended up sticking with tradition and going, you know, one running back, three receivers, one tight end, four DL, two LB, five DBs. But you never know how how draft might play out, what our strategies might be. And so those are the basic ground rules. You know, you can't you can't draft both quarterbacks just to try to screw over the other guy. It's ultimately about trying to uh, make the best lineup for your own team. But of course, there's going to be some strategy as we try to keep players away from each other's teams as well. So it's going to be fun to see how it plays out. Draft order is going to be, we're going to flip a coin. Whoever wins the coin flip has the choice. Do they want the number one pick or do they want the number two and number three overall picks? After that, we're going to alternate two picks at a time until we get to 44. So each of us will ultimately draft 22 players. Whoever has the number one pick will also make the last pick at number 44. So Griffin, I've got uh, Google's handy coin flip generator here. Oh yeah. What do you want? Do you want heads or do you want tails? Dan, tails never fails, my friend. All right. Let's Let's give it a flip. And you were correct. Tails never fails. You got tails. So that means you get the number one pick, Griffin. Do you, or Or you can give me the number one pick. What do you want? Do you want the number one pick or do you want to take number two and number three? Man, this is really tough, Dan. Like you were saying before, uh, when I was kind of trying to make my little big board, it's a a tough one. Like I feel like last year's was a little more straightforward. Uh, I did take the number one overall pick 
uh, last year when we did this exercise, I obviously took CJ Stroud. That still didn't win me the the uh, you know popular vote there, Dan. Uh, so I don't know if I should amend that, but I feel like I feel like I just can't I can't give away the number one pick. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and hold on to that. All right, so you're on the clock, Griffin. Who are you taking first? I mean, it's it's really tough to draft a wide receiver number one overall in, in any draft, and I'm kind of hesitant to do so, but I still just feel like I have to go with the player that I think would kind of receive the consensus nod as the best player on the team coming back this year. That, of course, is superstar wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, maybe a top two pick in, in next year's NFL draft, Dan. But on on my board for this exercise, I'm going to take Marv number one overall. Yeah, I think that's the right pick. I, I was hoping to get the number one pick because I was also going to take Marv because he, he is he's the best player on the team. He's arguably the best player in all of college football. You can't pass him up with the top pick. And so I think that's the right pick there. And it 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 now leaves me in a situation where I'm definitely debating several different options here with my number two and number three overall pick because Marv was the clear number one on my board. Number two, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to project ahead and I'm going to go of, you know, wh- who's the guy that I think is going to be the second best or, or most valuable player on this team this year. And I'm going to go with a guy who I, I think could very easily end up being a top 10 pick alongside Marvin Harrison Jr. next year and a guy who I think is going to be the star of Ohio State's defense this year. And so I'm going to take JT Tuomolowau with the number two overall pick. Um, You know, I think, you know, we've seen the potential there. Um, It does feel like rolling the dice a little bit because, you know, we haven't seen him consistently play the way he played in that Penn State game. But I think if he can get to that point, you're looking at a guy who has a chance to be one of the best players in the country. And so I'm going to take him to be the leader of my defense. And then, you know, I'm really conflicted between three guys on this next pick, but I have learned one lesson in this draft. And that is if you wait too long to take the offensive lineman, you really want, you get burned. And so there's only one guy on this offensive line who I feel super confident about going into the year. And I think he's one of the best offensive linemen in the country. So I'm going to go ahead and take Donovan Jackson here uh, with the number three pick uh, to, to give my team the best offensive lineman on the roster. That's a great pick, Dan. Donovan Jackson was also very high on my big board as well. Um, but, you know, you're, you're really selling that, that strategy there. So I might have to indulge myself a little bit as well here. And as a matter of fact, let me go ahead it's so tough though because like the offensive line and with the options that you have and the in the depth and the the questionable you know even even some of the guys kind of closer to the top of the depth chart you're not totally sure about going into this season um but I'm going to have to take Josh Fryer off the board not necessarily because I think he's one of the top you know five overall players on the team but just because that's such a a position of you know, high importance, a question, you know, obviously all spring, we talked about it so much. Give me Josh Fryer with that first pick there. My second pick, obviously. And Dan, you know what? Perhaps just to mess with you a little bit, I might also take Josh Simmons off the board with the mm. other, my for my my two, my two tackles to, to shore things up there uh, and just to, to leave Dan with some slim pickings with the other tackles. All right. I guess I, I gave too much away there off the offensive line. I really <laughs> uh, sold uh, Griffin on that, or maybe I was just trying to throw him off the scent so that I could get the <laughs> next two players I wanted because there were two other players. I was also strongly considering with that number three pick. And now I'm going to get both of them. Those players are Emeka Buka. I don't want Griffin to have the top two receivers on his team. I mean, I think, Right now, if we're just going off of what we've seen, I think Emeka Buka is the second best player on the team. So to get him at number six, I'm thrilled with that outcome. And then at number seven, I'm going to go Kyle McCord. I think he's probably going to be starting quarterback on this team. So to get him at seven, I, I feel really good about that. And so I'm going to go ahead and take Kyle McCord and then Emeka Buka. 
Good pick, Stan. I, I also had Emeka Ibuka placed uh, similarly on the big board, but it was one of those things where, you know, do I want to reach and get two receivers early on? You know, I think having uh, Marv alone is, is pretty good, but, you know, at the same time, Abuka is, you know, not, and especially statistically speaking, when you look at their, their seasons last year, not totally, you know, dissimilar from the season that Marvin Harrison had uh, potentially could be just as productive this season, uh, depending on how things shake out at that quarterback position. Um, Dan, now as I, as I update my board a little bit here and knock several of my top players off of the big board as Dan Hope swoops them off of the board and takes them here, I'm going to go ahead and put perhaps the best returning defensive player on the Ohio State roster onto my roster here with Tommy Eichenberg coming off of injury. Uh, you know, we didn't get to see a whole lot of him this spring, but if he can replicate, Dan, what was a, a sensational All-American season at that middle linebacker position uh, this, this you know upcoming season, then Dan, I mean, you might have to give him uh, s- some consideration for the next time you guys do the, the four Kings exercise. I don't know if he'll, ma- he'll quite make it onto that list, but certainly if he puts up back-to-back seasons that, you know, resemble the one he had in 2022, uh, that will be a big feather in his cap for sure. And after Eichenberg. But if Eichenberg has a season that gets him consideration over Tom Cousineau and Randy Gratishar, then that'll be a really good <laughs> yeah. thing for Ohio State's defense. <laughs> it's an uphill battle without a doubt, but um, all the same. Where do I go with my next pick now? I've already taken three offensive players to just one defensive player, uh, which leads me to, you know what, Dan? I think I, think I might go ahead and take – Another offensive lineman here, Dan. I think I'm going to take Carson Hinsman to leave you with slim pickings at center. I mean, it's a a year when both quarterbacks are are coming in, you know, unproven. And despite the fact that Carson Hinsman himself has has questions, uh, you know, I'm going to take the guy that looks like the front runner at that position to, to continue to shore up my offensive line. Well, you've left no doubt about who you think the starting tackles and center are going to be by taking them all. Uh, this high off a board. Um, all right. Uh, if you're going to keep doing this, then I don't think I have any choice but to take Matt Jones right now. So I'm going to go ahead and take Matt Jones, which honestly, I mean, I'm I'm all right with that. I've got the two guys who are returning starters on the offensive line. And so I, I, I can I can live with with the way that, that that's played out there. So I'm going to take Matt Jones at 10 and then. I'm going to take a guy now that I, I honestly didn't think was going to make it to me outside the top 10 uh, as I debated taking him with one of my last two picks, but I'm happy to get him now. Listeners on the show know I've been very bullish on this guy, even though he uh, had somewhat of a disappointing year last year. I think he's going to be the star of Ohio State secondary this year. So I am going to take Denzel Burke to take the top cornerback off the board. I like the pick, Dan. Denzel Burke off of the board now. And Matt Jones as well. Dan, I might just, you know what, Dan, here, there's there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options on how you want to do this. I am going to select, I'm going to bolster my defense here, Dan, and I'm going to take both Jack Sawyer and Mike Hall off of the board here next. Two players that, you know, could be stars of this defense uh, next year, obviously, I think they both had, what, four and a half sacks to lead the team last year. Um, you know, perhaps those numbers go up for both guys in the coming season. I only had one selection on defense thus far. So that is what I'm going with, Dan. Those were the next two guys on my board. So I I, I would have gone the same route that you did there. I think those were two very smart picks now is where it really starts getting interesting because now okay like now like the top 10 guys are all off my board so now you start really splitting hairs i think at least in my mind about who who's next but for my first pick i'm gonna go tight end is an important position in this offense and ohio state really only has one guy that's proven at that tight end position so i'm gonna take Cade stover uh with a 14th pick uh to uh get the uh, really the only tight end on the roster who's seen regular substantial playing time. Um, so, you know, I want to get him on my offense. And then uh, I'm going to go back to the secondary. And a- another guy that 
you know, I know some fans are maybe down on because of the way last season ended, but the guy was a Jim Thorpe Award semifinalist for most of the year. He was one of the best safeties in the country. He's the only returning starter at the safety position, so he's a very important player on Ohio State's defense. I am going to take Leif and Ransom with the 15th pick. Two rock-solid picks there from Dan Hope. I would not expect anything less. Uh, Dan, I'm I'm going to take, you know, the we it's it remains to be seen how much or you know how much of a role this player is going to end up having. I have a sneaking suspicion though, Dan, uh, that that selecting this player may give me, you know, some some pop from the audience here and, and help me out uh, on the voting end of things. But I'm going to take Sonny Styles off the board at safety, and we'll see how things shake out because obviously coaches have said you know he could play any number of safety positions for Ohio State this season. And so I'm, I may be able to slot him slot him around in some different spots depending on what Dan's the rest of Dan's picks end up being. We're going Sunny Styles there with my next pick. And then beyond that, I think I, I think I still need to bolster my secondary a little bit here. And for that reason, I'm going to take, you know, I think these guys are going to be neck and neck in terms of, you know, who ends up being that that starter going into the season or really by the end of the season, when you talk about Davis and Igbenosin and Jordan Hancock, obviously Dan already got Denzel Burke, the top corner on the team off the board. Uh, perhaps Davis and Igbenosin though, Dan could end up, you know, being right up there or perhaps the best corner on the team, just from what we've seen so far this off season, I'm going to go ahead and select Igbenosin with my next pick. Yeah. Our boards are starting to mesh up now. That's the second time in a row you've taken the top two guys on my board. I, I'm not going to lie. I debated taking Styles over Ransom just because I know how popular he is with the fans. I'm like, <laughs> maybe maybe I should just take Sonny. But, I, you know, I got to go with who, who if I was a coach, like who would I put out there first? And Lathan to me is still that top guy. Based on the way he played most of last year, Lathan to me is still that top guy. So I, I, I feel good about getting uh, Lathan there. Another interesting debate here. I got about four guys I'm debating here. But you know what? You got Tommy Eichenberg. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take two linebackers in a row here. I'm going to take Steel Chambers because he is a starting linebacker. And uh, I think, you know, one of, he's going to be one of the best players on this defense this year. Um, and so I certainly uh, am happy to have him on my team, especially getting him with the 18th pick. And then for the same reason you just took Sonny, I know this guy is going to get me some points because he's the other uh, second-year defensive fan favorite. And so if I can't have Tommy Eichenberg, I want Steel Chambers and C.J. Hicks. So I'm going to go with C.J. Hicks with the 19th pick. I could have guessed where you were going with that one, Dan. Wrote it down before you even uttered the <laughs> name there. And now I'm going to have to, to bolster some of the the skill position on my offense here as I only have Marvin Harrison who, you know, could, could carry the entire group, but I think we need to get him some, some reinforcements. Dan, one of those players, I, you know, running back, not super valuable and, you know, high up in a draft per se, but I really like Dan, what we've heard from Travion Henderson uh, this off season in terms of just, he seems extremely hungry, extremely ready to, you know, stop all the narratives that happened this past year with people thinking, you know, why isn't this guy having as great a season as he had as a freshman? Obviously he ended up having some injuries that were a lot more consequential than most fans realize and most critics realize. Uh, but he seems, you know, hell bent on having a sensational season. Uh, give me Travion Henderson. I know there's, there's other guys in that room that, you know, could have great seasons as well that we've seen really good things from. Uh, but I still, I think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sipping the Kool-Aid, Dan, in terms of the Trayvon Henderson narrative coming into the season, which is that he's going to uh, really have a strong comeback year. And beyond that, Dan, things become a little bit difficult here. I feel like I need another wide receiver. And for that reason, Dan, I know you know, perhaps not super high on your board in particular, but I think I'm going to have to pair Marvin Harrison Jr. with another five-star recruit that we saw have, you know, a, a easily a career best season this past year. Perhaps he even expands on that in the year to come. Julian Fleming, who, 
you know, between the comments from, you know, a couple of Twitter things from, from Brian Hartline and some comments from Jackson Smith and Jigba at the draft, there's still certainly some, some high hopes that, that Fleming could, you know, end up finding himself in a, in a high NFL draft position, you know, following in all the, this lineage now of, of Ohio State riders, wide receivers doing so. Uh, although he's going to have his work cut out for him, Dan, once again, with the two guys at wide receiver that have already been drafted here before him, obviously, and Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka. Yeah, two explosive additions there to your offense for sure. Did did deviate from my board this time, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I do think we should just double clarify because I'm sure there's going to be a few people who look at this draft and go, how did those idiots not take Travion until the 20th pick? And, you know, I think for both of us, it, it's safe to say about giving anything away that the reason why Travion's still on the board for 20th pick is because Ohio State is loaded with depth at running back. And so when you're, when you're looking at, you know, competing against the other person and, and trying to get advantages – there's not as defined an advantage there for Travion over the other running backs as there is at many of the other positions. And so uh, certainly that's why Travion was was still on the board. But uh, don't blame you for for taking him there at, at 20th. That's certainly great value on him. Uh, again, it, it's, it's getting tougher now. We're starting to split hairs on, uh, you know, who, who the next best guy is at each spot. But. I'm going to start out here by I'm, I'm going to take a guy who I know that the team is very high on. Maybe not a guy who has uh, drawn a ton of headlines in his Ohio State career, but a guy who I think will be a starting defensive tackle for Ohio State and a guy who I think uh, many at Ohio State believe could have a, a late career surge, much like his older brother Devon did. And so I'm going to take Ty Hamilton here. At, at defensive tackle uh, to give me a second defensive lineman on my roster with the 22nd pick. And, you know, you, Griffin mentioned not necessarily a ton of separation between Davis and Igbenosin and Jordan Hancock right now. It's possible Jordan Hancock will end up being the second starter at that cornerback position. So I want to make sure I have two solid starters there at corner. So I'm going to go ahead and take Jordan Hancock with the 23rd pick. Yeah, Dan, that's uh, I'm liking the way your roster is starting to shape up here with a lot of guys that, you know, Burke and, and Hancock likely to start the season as Ohio State's two starters. Um, I'm going to take a guy that I think is going to start a lot of games alongside Mike Hall at defensive tackle. I'm going to take Tyleek Williams, who I'm still pretty high on. Obviously, it w- had a lot more opportunities this past season and didn't necessarily have even as productive a year as he had as a true freshman and, and much f- you know fewer snaps and things like that. But uh, I still think that the talent he showed and, and what he's flashed uh, could make him a really potent you know, game-changing weapon for Ohio State. I'm going to take Tyleek there. And after that, I think I'm going to go with a player that I believe will be a starting safety for Ohio State this season and another guy that may not be a super sexy pick per se, uh, but I'm going to go with Cameron Martinez, Dan, who had a a really excellent spring, Uh, obviously with the injury to Jihad Carter. uh, He had a lot you know, more opportunities and really controlled uh, the opportunities at that, that nickel safety spot. So uh, I'm going to take Martinez off the board there as well. Two smart picks there. I will say I was, I was heavily debating between Jordan Hancock and Tyleek Williams with that last pick. And so uh, I had a feeling that I was not going to get Tyleek with my next pick, but uh tough choice there for sure. I, I, I was very tempted to pair him up with Ty, but uh, decided to prioritize that second cornerback first. You just grabbed a second safety, so I'm going to go ahead and do the same here. And I'm going to take a guy that I think could potentially play either nickel safety or free safety, depending on how things shake out. Uh, But a guy who has three years of starting experience at Syracuse, we still don't know exactly how he's going to fit into this defense because of uh, the injury he suffered this spring. Uh, But certainly a guy who has a potential to play a big role uh, in the secondary and a guy who I like pairing his versatility and experience with battle life and ransom. And so I am going to take uh, Jihad Carter with the 26th pick here. And then 
I've got another in, I got another interesting debate on my hands here with where do I go with this next pick? And there's a lot, lot there's a lot of different ways I could go with this pick. I'm gonna go with a guy that I know I really want on my team because I think he's a really good player. And I'm gonna guess this is probably a little higher than Griffin has him on his board, but He's one of my favorite players on the team, and I can play him at multiple positions if I need to. I'm going to go ahead and take Xavier Johnson here with the 27th pick. Dan, it, true or false that you had Xavier Johnson higher on your big board than Julian Fleming? It is true. <laughs> I had a sneaking suspicion there, my friend. Dan, I'm going to go ahead. I, I had intended on taking three wide receivers, but just to mess with you, Dan, just to mess with you a little bit, I think I'm going to now take the second potential, you know, perhaps the best running back on the roster uh, or, you know, at least probably considered the second best behind Travion Henderson. I've already got Henderson on the team. I'm going to draft Mayan Williams. My thinking, Dan, as well, is that, you know, with with me still not having a quarterback on the roster and, and having a guy that, you know, hasn't had very many opportunities, we're going to have to lean on that running game this season on, on my my fake Ohio State team. And so uh, having those two guys in my stable, I think, is going to be very valuable uh, indeed, Dan. So Mayan Williams now off the board. And beyond that, Dan, beyond that, let me check in. The second time my- in a row, by the way, where I was very much debating between two players and you took them with the next pick. I was Mayan was the other guy I was strongly debating there. And I'm like, eh, I'm just going to get Xavier. Well, I'm I'm proud to have... Uh, Messed with your strategy, Dan. Uh, and now I have to take, ooh, there's many places I could go with this next, next pick now. But perhaps I'm best served selecting a position that I have yet to select and one that will be very important for this this run game for my offense uh, and, and this this player, I think I'm warming up to the concept of selecting him here, trying to talk myself into it. We're gonna get Toby. W- no, just kidding. I'm not going Toby Wilson again. <laughs> that would be that would be too much. Dan, I'm going to take Enoch Vimahi off the board. I don't have a guard yet, uh, and this will really start to solidify my offensive line. Uh, even if it's not again a super sexy pick, I think an important selection to to really solidify my O line. Yeah, you, you picked smart there because I was going to take him with the next pick and I was going to move Donovan Jackson out to tackle. Uh, so uh, it was a smart pick. I probably should have waited one round on Xavier Johnson. I think I probably could have got away with that. But uh, you could have, my yes. desire to have him on my team ultimately trumped trumped that. Um, so with that being said, I know there's the possibility that you could potentially fill that other guard spot by moving Tegra Shabola back inside. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take him because I really need offensive tackles. So I'm going to take Tegra Shabola now and, and not take that chance of uh, missing out on who I think is the best tackle left on the board at this point. So I'm going to take him with the 30th pick. And now, you know, 31, we get another... This is another interesting one here where I feel like I feel like there's a lot of different lot of different ways that I could go with this one. I I'm going to go with a guy who was really impressive this spring and who I think has a chance to be a real breakout star on the defensive line this year behind JT and Jack. So if you're getting Jack I am going to pair JT up with Kenyatta Jackson at defensive end as the 31st pick. That one did did hurt me a little bit, Dan. I was thinking that I might go Kenyatta with the next pick there. Um, but instead, I, I think there's still, uh, you know, certainly one guy that fans, I think, are excited about seeing at that defensive end position. Uh, a certainly... Um, you know, a guy that fans want to see more of and will likely have opportunities to do so. Even if I, I did think that Kenyatta Jackson was kind of the, the most impressive guy out of that group of second year defensive ends. I'm going to go ahead and take Caden Curry off of the board with my next pick here, Dan. And beyond that, I still need, uh, 
I still need some some support in the, the, the back seven here for me. I've already got my two defensive tackles. We're, we're set on the defensive line pretty much, Dan, here. But I know that I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm trying to play to the, the fans, too. You know, this is my, my strategy, <laughs> the, more of my strategy this year. Would the fans be more excited about, you know, X player or Y player if they were to come off the board? But you know what? I think that at the in the secondary, as I quickly peruse and, and make sure that I'm doing the right thing here, I'm going to go ahead and take I'll take Jair, Jair Brown at my other my other cornerback spot. Although I was trying to talk myself into perhaps taking a, a Jermaine Matthews or someone that you know before the fans actually get to see you know a, a lot of some of the incoming freshmen. There's you know oftentimes a, a notion that they're gonna come in and be spectacular, which you know almost made me want to talk myself into to taking him off the board there. But instead, I'm gonna go with you know a bit more of a, a proven commodity, a guy that you know, did get a lot of opportunities as a, as a true freshman. And I'm a guy that's trying to cut his teeth in a position room where there's, you know, a lot of other talented guys right now. Yeah. I uh, was heavily debating for my next pick. If you didn't take either of them between Jair Brown and Josh Proctor, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little surprised you didn't take Josh Proctor at, that's actually a curveball. I was very close. I had him lower on my board thinking Griffin's going to take him higher than I want to take him and thinking you would take him. But now that we're at the 34th pick and he's still on the board, I, I can still you. I still need another starting defensive back. I'm going to go ahead and take Josh Proctor. He's probably going to be a starter uh, on this team. And so I'm going to go ahead and take Josh Proctor with the 34th pick to round out my secondary. And then you talk about playing to the fans a little bit. I don't necessarily think you're going to go without a tight end, but it's certainly something you could be considering at this point. And so I'm going to go with a guy who looked like one of the best players we saw all spring. Uh, and I think, I don't know how much he's going to play as a freshman, but I certainly think we're going to see some glimpses of greatness from him this year, just as we've seen from some other highly touted wide receivers in recent years. And so I'm going to go ahead and take Carnell Tate uh, with the 35th pick. Oh, wow. I thought you were going, um, I didn't know if you were going to go Jelani Thurman or something like that, although I guess wouldn't necessarily line up with everything you were saying there. But um, <laughs> yeah, certainly that that's certainly one that's going to win you some support, Dan, for sure. Uh, for me, yeah, I, I was also considering taking uh, Proctor for sure, Dan, but Talk myself. Things get a little sloppier here towards the back half of the draft, <laughs> as, uh, as my my big board has all but been wiped out um, entirely, and uh, I'm starting to, to grasp at some straws. I still need another safety. I still need another linebacker. At safety, Dan, I'm going to go ahead and take Kai Stokes off of the board, as I believe that to be my my best option remaining. And you know, again, I think. There could be some flexibility and interchangeability in my safety room for sure. And beyond Stokes, I am am honing in here. You did leave me. I'm going to go ahead and take. You know what? He. This is a guy that you know plays the same position as Tommy Eichenberg, who I already have on the roster. But I still think he's one of the top three linebackers on the team. You know what? We still have to wait and see on C.J. Hicks. I'm sure that that'll be a popular pick with fans, but we haven't, you know, seen it in real live games yet. I'm going to go with Cody Simon to to round out my uh, linebacker core here. You, we went back to the synergy there, but those were the next two guys on my board. Not that I was going to take them, but when I did my board in advance, those were the next two guys I had ranked. So uh, definitely smart picks there to finish up your defense. So now I just need I need a running back, an offensive tackle, a center, and a defensive tackle. Given that you still need an offensive lineman, I think my uh, best play here is to go ahead and take the next two offensive linemen on my board and oh, no. round out that group. So I am going to go ahead and take Jacob James to be my center and Zen Mahalski to be my second offensive tackle wise strategic moves there Dan for sure that leaves me yep with I still need if I'm if I'm gonna could still play around perhaps a little bit 
with the uh, skill position situation here. And you know what, Dan? You took Carnell Tate off the board. And I know I've already got some some pretty good talent here in my wide receiver core. But what say you to the prospect of me taking Brandon Innes here off the board for a third wide receiver, leaving me tight endless? However, I do have some some decent offensive linemen here. I'm going to take Brandon Innes, Dan. We'll see how the fans uh, like that pick. It does make my next round easier in deciding whether or not I'm going to play Xavier Johnson as a receiver or as a running back because I would have been strongly, strongly tempted to take him with the next pick. And so I still have a, another pick here, correct, Dan? Correct. And this, yeah, so we have to dip into the... You need a lineman and a quarterback. Yes, I almost forgot about the quarterback. I've been, I've been holding off for so long. I need another player that can potentially play guard. God, don't make me draft my guy Toby again, Dan. Don't make me do that. You got to do am it. I going, am I going to have to take here? You already took Zen Mahalski, correct? Yep. I'm going to have to take a guy who... I guess I'm going to take Ben Chrisman, Dan. Is Ben Chrisman on the team anymore? Yeah, he's already he's off the team. <laughs> yeah, you can't take you can't take outgoing transfers. <laughs> We're taking him back in uh, <laughs> on on the roster here to certain. No, I'm going to have to take I think Victor Cutler. As a matter of fact, who I wasn't necessarily super impressed with this spring, uh, but there's pretty slim pickings I think at this point when you look at that position group. So that's who I'm going to round out my my offensive line core with. Yeah, I had him as my last offensive lineman as well. I can I could say it now because I had I had I have two picks off the men. You're obviously gonna take Devin Brown if your last pick. My my last three players on my board were Tywon Malone, Jelani Furman, and Devin Brown. So if you took Cade Stover, I was gonna take Jelani Furman uh to be my tight end. Uh but I'm I'm first of all I'm gonna take Tywon Malone here. Uh, because he, I need a second defensive tackle. And so I will take, uh, I think it's Taiwan Malone. I keep saying his name wrong, but I will take him uh, to be my second defensive tackle as I do need a, another defensive tackle. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I could take Jelani Furman if I want to here. I, I could, if I could put Xavier at running back, I could go with a two tight end offense with a Mecca Buka and Carnell Tate at receiver. But instead I'm going to go ahead and take Chip Trainum uh, to round out my roster. And, you know, I, I, I mean, you did, you did hit me with a curveball there, taking both Trey and Mayim. That was definitely my, my plan was I thought you'd take Trey first. And I was kind of seeing how long I could hold off to take Mayan. And I, I held out one round too long. So uh, props to you uh, for executing that strategy. Well, but I mean, I like what we've seen from Chip. I, I think Chip, would probably be the starting running back for a lot of teams in college football this year. So I, I feel okay with, with, with having chip uh, as my running back, you know, especially with uh, the other talent that I have on offense. Yeah, Dan, I think, uh, you know, I could throw another curveball here if I wanted to, you know, with the, I don't have to draft Devin Brown with the last pick. No. You know, what, what if I go ahead and take a, uh, you know, no, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Devin Brown, um, you know, not ruled out. In the battle for Ohio State's starting quarterback position, although I think most of us believe that, you know, the writing's kind of on the wall and that, you know, there are reasons you don't necessarily end that battle before, you know, the point that that we're at right now. Uh, Devin Brown wasn't, you know, completely floored by his performance overall this spring, but still young, still has more opportunities to grow and learn. Um and yeah, I, I don't have any qualms taking Devin Brown. Perhaps uh, gives me a, a mobile quarterback weapon uh, there in the the backfield and things like that. A guy that can scramble and make plays. Obviously has a big arm as well. Has to round out the skill set. But I, I have no problems with him leading my offense, especially Dan, when I've got players like Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. on the offense that that he can kind of facilitate the offense through and that, that leaves me uh, pretty content with what I've got going on. All right. I'm going to send you, I've been compiling as we go here, our roster. So I'll send those to you so you can look at them just in case you don't have 
them all written down. But, you know, when I look at these rosters at first glance, you know, I, I, I usually come out of this like having a pretty good feel for wave of boats going to go. But I don't know this year. I, I, I think I think it's a pretty even draft this year. Like, I feel like my team could win. I feel like your team could win. We're obviously uh, going to going to both make our cases for why we think our teams should win. And, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I feel good about what I have. I mean, I have, you know, the most likely the starting quarterback I have. You know, I, I have a really good group of skill position players. I mean, I'd love to have Marv and I'd love to have either Trey or Mayim, but, you know, I still feel like I've got five really good skill position players, including, uh, you know, two two starters and, and three other guys who I think would be starting for the vast majority of teams in, in college football. Uh, I, I feel really good about having the two starting guards. I mean, there's question marks at the other three positions, but I don't necessarily think that's any different for you. And so I, I think... You know, I, I think having those two starting guards, I, I really like having that on my offensive line. You know, defensively, uh, to have JT, uh, I really, I really like having that up front. You know, I think the defensive lines are are pretty even here. I mean, I, I would, you know, I would have loved to get either Mike Hall or Jack Sawyer, but you know, to get JT and then you know, still get another starter in Ty Hamilton, two guys of a lot of upside in Kenyatta and Taiwan. I, I feel good about that. You know, linebackers. Uh, you know, obviously an upside play drafting CJ Hicks as high as I did, but you know, we, we know the guy has a ton of talent. Um, you know, I think, you know, yeah, if we, if we were, if we were just building rosters to be like more even, you'd probably put Cody in, you'd probably put Cody in and CJ, or you wouldn't have steel and CJ and Tommy and Cody on the same teams because you got two mics on Griffin's team and two wills on my team. But I don't know how much that really matters in this defense. And so ultimately, you know, I was just going to take the two best linebackers I could get. And then, you know, the secondary, I feel really good about that. I mean, I, I think I have, uh, I mean, I, I could theoretically have all five starters in the secondary. I mean, I've got uh, two for sure in Denzel Burke and Lathan Ransom, which I feel really good about because those are the two DBs I really wanted. And then, you know, Hancock, Carter and Proctor, they could theoretically be the other free starters in the secondary. I think, you know, those positions are less settled, but, you know, to have Burke and Ransom really anchoring me at those spots and then have free other guys who I think are all going to have roles in the defense this year, I, I feel really good about that. Like, I, I feel, you know, I, I look at my roster and I say, well, I, I think my biggest weaknesses are at tackle and center, but that's true of the overall roster. And so, um, you know, obviously while I have those concerns there, I also don't look at your roster and go, man, like he, he's rock solid at, at tackle and center. And so, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty good about the way the draft went for me. Uh, although I do think it's going to be a close vote. Griffin, how do you feel? I feel good. There, there are certainly some, some areas that I'm starting to, to second guess and things like that. As you mentioned, kind of the strategy there to take potentially the two starting tackles, may end up backfiring because while they are, you know, perhaps starting tackles at the same time, the fans, I think are still unsure about them anyway. So I'm not sure how much, you know, favor I'll get for taking those guys over a couple of other guys, you know, like the, the Tegra Shibolas of the world uh, and things of that nature. I also, I mean, I love the Donovan Jackson pick for you. I would have loved to have Donovan Jackson. He was really high on my board. That would have given me a, a much stronger option at the guard positions, but Listen, I've got Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, in my opinion, the two top running backs on the roster. I've got Marvin Harrison Jr., perhaps, as you said, perhaps the best player in all of college football. And alongside Marv, I've got two five-star recruits at wide receiver as well. Uh, we'll see if the, uh, the the no tight end situation comes back to bite me while anyone is uh, perusing my roster, but... Um, I, I still, I mean, a defensive tackle, I've got Mike Hall and Ty Leak, who I think, you know, I mean, Ty, Ty Hamilton's right in that mix too. Uh, but you know, certainly at least two of the top three defensive tackles cornerback. I don't feel great about the situation at cornerback because with, with you getting both Burke and Hancock, but I'm wondering if again, thinking to the, the fan vote, which is my ultimate goal here to <laughs> seeking a retribution against you for all the, the, the losses you've given me over the years. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how fans will view Jordan Hancock versus Davis and Igbenosin. If, if fans are still kind of riding high on that Igbenosin excitement, then perhaps they will view my cornerback room more favorably uh, than they, they would, obviously, if they, if they are holding 
Burke and Hancock as being the the unquestioned top two guys um, and things like that. I mean, it's, and it's safety. I've got Sonny Styles, an extremely popular guy. Cameron Martinez, I think, is going to be a, a starter as well. And Kai Stokes, we've seen good things from him. But really, I, I look at my roster and I say, Tommy Eichenberg, perhaps the best defensive player on the team. Marvin Harrison Jr., perhaps the best player in general on the entire team. Travion Henderson, perhaps the best running back on the team. So I, I certainly have things uh, to be happy about, although there are certain aspects. Uh, you know, I, I always like the consistency of your drafts, Dan, all the way through and the depth of your drafts. Um, and so certain aspects may leave something to be desired on my on my side, but I'm still confident, Dan. If Kevin Wilson was still at Ohio State, he'd be extremely disappointed in you for not taking a tight end. <laughs> I, I flirted with the Toby Wilson pick, but after last year's shame and the, the continued shame that I've received, I couldn't do it again. No. And to be fair, uh, we're, we're not we're not taking shots at, at, at Toby. I mean, Toby's done a great job for himself as, as a walk on as a guy who could be on that too deep at guard. He really could be after Ben Chrisman. Uh, it was just a memorable moment from last year's draft when when Griffin took Toby Wilson, I believe, the 32nd pick. And I was very caught by surprise uh, by that that selection. But uh, <laughs> you even remembered the number. Damn well, it, before. Um, but yeah, I know I, I uh, it is no no slight uh, toward Toby Wilson. The fact that I mean, you if, if you had taken Toby with that last offensive lineman pick, I would not have laughed at it this year because I think he's very much in that conversation to potentially be that uh, second backup guard. I, I, I agree with your pick. I would have taken Vic Cutler with that too but i think toby wilson could very realistically be in that conversation uh you know as could a guy like an austin Sirivold. so um you know i wouldn't have, i would not have laughed at it in in this situation um it was just it, it, it caught me by surprise how highly you took him last <laughs> year uh when we've done this in the past there's always one or two guys who we don't draft who ends up making us look silly for not drafting them and last year Mike Hall and Leif and Ransom were two of those guys. You know, the year before, I know, you know, Denzel Burke was a guy like that. So who's a guy that we didn't draft that might make us look silly for not drafting him later this year? That's a good question, Dan. I'm trying to look as everyone I had written down on my board did get drafted already. Uh, neither of us. I mean, obviously, the tight end position with me not taking one. You have guys like Joe Royer and G Scott who have obviously been fighting for, for more opportunities. Uh, you know, could those guys, could one of those guys this season emerge and Ohio State play more of the, you know, two tight end look and end up emerging as a, you know, at the same time, it's kind of hard with, with tight end in general, in terms of targets and things you imagine that two tight ends aren't going to get a whole lot of targets. Uh, Dan, does anyone come to mind for you? Yeah, well, I had, I had four guys written down as kind of, wild cards outside of uh 44 we picked who you know depending on how things fell you know there's a chance i would consider taking them jelani Furman was one of those guys i mean again i mean i think jelani Furman's probably gonna start the year as a fourth tight end so i don't know if he's necessarily the top candidate to make us look foolish but i i the reason i had him on my board is because if i was gonna play upside i think outside of Cade stover you look at jelani Furman probably having the best upside to, to have a breakout year. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I thought there was a chance that one of us would take him just based on that. I mean, I think an interesting guy that we didn't draft, and it's really because he just doesn't quite fit the, what a starting 11 would look like, but a guy that's interesting that maybe makes us pay if he's what the coaches say he can be is Mitchell Melton, because there's been a lot of talk about him Larry Johnson and Jim Knowles both seem very high on him and what he can potentially do as a Jack. And I think, you know, as an unknown commodity, like neither of us were going to draft him as a Jack over a Kenyatta Jackson or a Caden Curry. But there's a possibility that he ends up playing more of those guys and having a bigger role in that Jack position and ends up having a really big year. So I think he's a guy that like, I didn't think he would get drafted just because it's, we don't really know exactly where to put him, but he's a guy that comes to mind for me as, you know, by the end of the year, maybe we're saying, man, He's a guy we should have taken. You know, I mean, another guy that we interestingly didn't draft is Jaden Ballard. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, showed some things this spring, is probably going to be in that two deep at receiver. Uh, ultimately, we played the upside there again and took, you know, Carnell Tate and Brandon Innes. 
over him. But I mean, Jaden Ballard's a guy who's shown, but he has a lot of potential as well. And so uh, it's interesting that he didn't get drafted. I'm not shocked by it just because I think there's so much buzz around Tate and Ennis. But, you know, he's a guy that certainly could have been drafted. I mean, he could have been drafted as high as the fourth receiver. And, and I don't think and either of us really would have questioned it. And so I think, you know, those are the first guys that, you know, really jumped to mind for me as guys that we didn't pick who, you know, maybe later in the year we're saying, well, we really should have picked those guys. Yeah. Some guys, Dan, had to get passed up because we're, we're playing the game here and, and, and looking for those, those sweet fan votes. And so, uh, yeah, Jaden Ballard came to mind for me as well. Mitchell Melton like flashed across my mind. Uh, for a second uh, during during the draft there. I don't remember exactly when, but at some point I was like, oh, I could go Mitchell Melvin. And I was like, I don't want to like, I don't want to get too too cute with the uh, the alignment there on defense uh, and just went with some more uh, clean cut options. But yeah, Mitchell Melton, I mean, fans have got to be thinking, Dan, like what has this guy shown behind the scenes that, that has the coaches so confident in what he can be despite coming off of back-to-back season-ending injuries? I mean, Dan, he's, he's never even played like a, an official defensive snap, Uh, at least when I was, I consulted the previous, you know, 11 warriors snap counts pieces. And it was like, I was going to write something about like, Oh, the last time he had played a a snap, you know, on defense, I was like, Oh, he's never even played a snap on defense, but nonetheless, I mean, he's continues to be a guy that receives all this praise. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like this season. Yeah. I mean, another guy who's kind of, I, I didn't think he would get picked because again, he's such an unknown at this point, but like court Williams is another guy who's kind of a wild card too. Like I, I know we drafted him last year. Like at this time last year, we're like, maybe he's a starting safety this year. And I think he's kind of become a forgotten man because of Sonny's ascent and the fact that he's been hurt, but you know, he's another guy as well. Like I, I can't say that I thought about drafting him just because I think there's, you know, so many other guys at that safety spot, but he's another guy as well. That's kind of a wild card. Like maybe, Maybe he, if he can finally stay healthy, maybe he breaks out and, and does something and proves he's one of those tough. Because because Leif and Ransom was kind of in that same position last year, which is why we didn't draft him last year because he wasn't around in the spring. We weren't even sure if he was going to be on the two deep, and then he rockets in fall camp and he ends up becoming a starter. And so, uh, Court Williams is a guy. It's not out of a question, but he could have that same kind of ascent if he's healthy in fall camp. Yeah, that's a guy that ended just a, a weird year last year, right? Because, you know, he wasn't wasn't playing and we weren't necessarily hearing reasons why. And then kind of later on, it was like, OK, he's been he's been dealing with injuries and, and never had it. it was like kind of one of those retroactive situations where, you know, I think Jim Knowles came out and said uh, he hasn't really like had a chance to compete for more time because of injuries he's had for longer than we might have, you know, realized that he was dealing with them. So I definitely agree. That's a guy that you know, I'd love for us to, to get to talk to, to him at some point and kind of hear his perspective on how things have gone the last couple of seasons, because, uh, you know, he, he was a guy that was in position for to, to have a bigger role. We thought last year and in, in, in the spring and stuff, and uh, the momentum has really tapered off. Yeah. And let's hope we have that opportunity. I mean, Mitchell Melton's another guy. I don't think I've ever talked to him at Ohio State yeah. because he's never played. So, like, I'd be interested in, like, talking to him and hearing about things have gone on. So, Jerry Emig, if you're listening, uh, we're, we're putting in <laughs> requests right now for uh, fall camp interviews with Court Williams and Mitchell Melton. I think a lot of people on the beat would be interested in talking to those guys. But a uh, fun exercise here today with this draft. Uh, if you haven't already gone to the website, uh, please go to 11warriors.com. Well, you can look at our full uh, draft picks and rosters there, and then you can cast your vote uh, for whose team is better. Uh, so uh, please go and do that, and uh, we'll see who has the bragging rights when we come back here next week uh, as you know we get closer to uh, Big Ten Media Days and uh, an event that certainly uh, – gonna be interesting especially with what happened this week at northwestern which i i think until uh friday i don't think either of us would have had northwestern on our bingo card as one of the most interesting teams <laughs> at big 10 media days but it's it's certainly going to be now with uh pat fitzgerald being fired after some very serious hazing allegations at northwestern and uh, we don't even know like, who's going to be there for northwestern at this point where things are going to be at at this point but uh, boy, certainly a uh, messy situation there at Northwestern with less than two months to go until the football season. Yeah, Dan, that's one of those stories that's that's so weird that like and kind of like just shocking and strange that I can send that to like my friends and people in my life that 
aren't even into sports, don't follow college football. And they're, they're still like just blown away by just how weird that, that whole situation was. And, you know, it, it was funny cause I, I wrote a little, you know, buckshot on our site about the suspension for Pat's, Pat Fitzgerald. And at the time, like we, we wouldn't have known all the details that came out, like just shortly thereafter to make it seem, you know, that, that much worse. And obviously what's happened since then. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very uh, excited to see, or just interested to see less than excited, I suppose, uh, what's, what else is going to come out in that whole situation. And Griffin, I know that you spent some time with the uh, Ohio State women's basketball team this week. What, what, what did you learn from talking to them? Yeah, that was great. Um, we, we got to talk to JC Sheldon, uh, Taylor Thierry, uh, who obviously two returning players, big time players for the Buckeyes, and also two new transfer additions uh, in Celeste Taylor from Duke and uh, Tyre Parks, uh, Tyre Parks. Uh, uh, from uh, Michigan State co- coming over, um, all all four were really interesting to talk talk to. I was kind of trying to to fish a little bit for like that that quote of like what they you know the the, the expectation or, or goal quote like we're we're going to get to the Final Four or like national championship or bust. Uh, didn't necessarily get that get something like that from the returners, but the the two transfers, um, you know, they mentioned the Final Four and said like it's not necessarily a, a spoken thing or a thing that's talked about, but that there's, there's a national championship feel to the team and that that's, you know, the expectation this year. And so, you know, I had a piece on JC Sheldon's decision to return to the program, uh, published on the site on Tuesday, on Wednesday, I'll have a piece on both of the transfers that I got to talk to, uh, both of them having, you know, ties to the program kind of in different ways in the past as well, and their expectations for the upcoming season. And, And it seems like, uh, you know, there's an intensity about the team coming off of obviously the first elite elite eight appearance in 30 years and that the team is very determined to, you know, equal that run and surpass it in the upcoming season. Obviously, with, you know, much of the many of the best players on the team from last year returning, losing Taylor Mike Sell, but then, you know, bringing in some some high level transfers as well. Yeah, I mean, that should be the expectation, right? This team should be expecting to get to the final four. I mean, they were they were very close last year and they're bringing back again outside of Taylor Mike Sell. Uh, basically the the heart of their entire roster from last year, plus some some great pieces coming in. And so I think they absolutely uh, should have final four expectations going into this year. I'm really looking forward to following their season uh, once it begins in the fall. And uh, of course, you know, men's basketball as well. I don't know, you know, if, if you've, uh, you know, I don't think you've had any recent opportunities to talk to Chris Holtman or the Buckeyes, but I know that they've been practicing. I know Typically in past years, uh, the, the men's basketball players, a lot of them have been playing in the Kingdom League, but it sounds like this year uh, they've just been focusing on on team practices. So what have you heard on kind of how those team practices are going and you know what they're trying to get accomplished that maybe uh, is more important than playing pickup games in Columbus? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about the, the specifics. I've, I've had some conversations, though, and, and I think that the the thought the thinking is that, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to keep things in house and, and really work on improving because Dan, it's, it's no secret. Ohio state has a, a lot of improvement that it, you know, and it, it needs to get a lot of work that needs to get done. Frankly, I, I wrote a piece the other day about, you know, areas in which Ohio state needs to get better next season. And it could have been a lot longer of a, of a piece too, because you look at uh, obviously the record last year, a losing record, not making the NCAA tournament. Um, and, and there's a lot of, you know, thought as well that, you know, assumption that, that a lot of the, the first year guys from last year are going to make big jumps. And I think that's going to be important for, for Ohio state, but that just doesn't happen overnight. Obviously these guys actually have to put the work in and improve. And I think that the, you know, the coaching staff wants, wants to be pretty serious right now and make sure that, you know, those improvements actually take place before the new season. Yeah. I mean, I think that's logical. I mean, I think back to like last year, like kingdom league, I think is when we really realized like, Oh, like Bryce Sensabaugh might be really good. Like this guy might be like the leading scorer on the team and he might be a early NBA entrant. Uh, and I think kingdom league kind of gave us our first glimpse of that, but at the same time, it didn't lead to results on the court. And so uh, I think for Ohio state, you know, working on that team cohesiveness and really figuring out how to best play as a unit is certainly a, a big priority this time of year. Yeah, it does kind of suck for me, though, Dan, because uh, I do like going to those Kingdom League games and getting a chance to talk to those guys. Uh, and, and before we get, you know, kind of those official press conference settings uh, once the season gets closer. And it's fun to see those guys, you know, obviously, Bryce Sensible, as you mentioned, put up like 51 points in a game last year. Uh, and of course, talking to, you know, former Buckeyes and stuff like that as well. But really, the the young upcoming guys, uh, the, the incoming freshmen and things things of that nature 
uh, is who I was really looking forward to talking to. Perhaps we'll see them in the Kingdom League later in the summer, but uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen right now. Well, hopefully those opportunities will come your way. But in the meantime, we're going to have plenty of football to come talk about coming up here. As we mentioned, just a couple weeks away from Big Ten Media Days, just a few weeks away from the start of camp. It's coming fast. So uh, the offseason, it's always long, but we're getting closer to the end of it. Hope you all enjoyed the draft today and we'll be back next week for uh, some more conversation.